0: This episode brought to you by the following Burn It Down patrons, Jeff, Amy, Domasaurus, Taco Cat, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristam, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And it is that special time of the month, Mikey, where we shout out our You Can Get It level Sponsors. He's on his phone, he'll pay attention later during the episode uh, And those You Can Get It level sponsors are Andrew, Jessica, Edith, Lauren, Irene, Tyler, Tia, Laura, Brittany, Juan, Jenny, Ashley, Richie, Casey, Lauren, Megan, Daisy, keep up the good work Mandy, Alisa, and I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right jennifer veronica and chris and chris and all the patrons want you to know that you're loved you're listened to and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community and if you want to hang out with all of us and pretty much everyone's name who i just mentioned they're all in the facebook group and honestly discord server as well so join us there it's a lot of fun i, I love that i have this fake crush on your husband like i'm just gonna message him on facebook and be like you up and he's gonna be like stop <laughs> 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 I'll never look at Photoshop as blame
1: wouldn't it be the most hilarious thing in the world if we finally meet him in real life and he doesn't look like that at all? <laughs> that it's just been photoshopped the
0: whole time. He looks like Mikey or me, just like you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just regular. You're like a regular, a yeah. regular dude. Todd, you and I both work out. Why don't we look like that? I push plate almost every morning, dog.
1: I push plates. They're just full of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin and Paige.
2: I'm Mikey,
0: and I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't oh, like scary. My <laughs> microphone. <laughs> oh, my God. Mikey, you idiot. <laughs> wait, have you not had it that whole time? <laughs> None of our last <laughs> lines. it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. You <laughs> idiot. I love you so much. Mikey, honestly, I'm going to use the audio that I was capturing. We're going to use it. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. I'm so sorry. I just was like, oh, wait a minute. <sighs> I was like, my levels look <sighs> off. Yeah they do I'm sure they do Do they look good now? They look great Good cause no cuts. Alright we're moving through it <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit I'm so sorry And this week we watched The, the Taking, Taking of Deb Deborah Logan. Logan This movie may have been the scariest movie I've seen since Hereditary I'm not even joking This is so so scary
2: yeah, I hated it. I hated it, it. Oh, so much. I watched this with all my lights on. I decided to start watching it at like 11.30 at night.
0: Oh, my God. I started at like 9.30 at night. So it was like clearly dark outside. It was the worst decision I've made in yeah. a long time. I
2: turned all my lights on. I was watching it alone. I was like, this was, this is terrible. This was ter- It was terrifying. It was terrifying.
1: I, I had to turn all the lights on as well. And then Jake, at one point, because he went to bed early... Got up and was like, why are all the fucking lights on? And I was like, because I'm terrified, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, really quick. What did everyone do after they watched this movie to be able to go to sleep?
1: Uh, Accidentally looked at Instagram thirst traps, and then I went. (laughs) Looking at you, Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) Then I went to Jack in the Box and uh, listened to Disney music. And uh,
0: it took a while. Yeah, I had to watch two, two and a half hours of Parks and Rec before sleep (laughs)
1: took me. It was so scary. I, as I was watching this movie multiple times, was having to like stop it for a couple seconds to just like take a breather. And I texted Mikey and you read it this morning. Yeah. I don't know how Todd got through this, but it's the only thing helping me get through (laughs) this (laughs) Is knowing that Todd already did. <laughs>
0: I did read that, and I was like, "That's kind. I get that. That's nice." What I hated was like the acting isn't like
2: the best, you know. She Deborah Logan does a great job. Deborah Logan
0: and her She's daughter amazing. do amazing. She looks
2: creepy. Her daughter does a great job. Yeah, she acts well. I mean, it's like they took the lady from the fourth kind, like the creepy factor that she had, and like. They're like, let's just make a whole scary movie around that. Yeah. And then they did, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Everyone else was like, not great actors, kind of like run-of-the-mill found footage. And sure. I was like, I hate that I know that they're not great acting, but I am so terrified. Yeah.
1: Here's what really bothered me. My My grandmother recently passed away from dementia, mm. and and I have other family members that have been diagnosed as well. And there are sections of this movie and her kind of decline that looks so real. Yeah. And that really got me because, like, there are portions where I'm, like, looking at her and she's so fucking terrifying. But then I'm also like, that's what grandma looked like. Yeah. That this is a real touchstone in my life of, like, this happening.
2: Well, I think you bring up a good point. I, I think dementia and Alzheimer's is a very terrifying, scary disease. And it's, like, a possibility. And, like, it, you know, and people are afraid of getting older. And, like, you watch people go through that, and it's scary, and, like...
1: And it affects everyone differently.
2: Right. And it it just... It touches on a fear that I think... An innate fear that everybody has about getting older, and then it just... Then it stomps on that fear. (laughs) Yeah. I felt better for her when I was like, oh, okay, the guy she murdered is, like, possessing her. This is good.
1: Honestly, that was the only reprieve I had in this movie, because, like, (laughs) A... I know enough about the genetics of my family that dementia will someday take me too. So, like, oh. this is my future. Oh, God. I can only hope to unhinge my jaw enough to eat enough children to survive.
2: And. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake's a lucky guy.
1: Yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> He's going to go first. It's fine. Um,
2: I was just talking about unhinging the jaw. I know. Mikey, I was oh, there with oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, you got to fit everything in. <laughs>
2: you're like I'll, I'll take it all in head first all the way down I'm gonna eat you
1: Yeah,
0: it certainly is the wrong kind of deep throat I'll say that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got no gag reflex I'm gonna digest you over time um, this movie is terrifying 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 and then it's like it takes a 15 minute break In the, like, end of the second act of this movie. Yeah, I thought it was over. I mean, uh, to basically... Here's the thing. This movie is only 90 minutes long, and it feels two and a half hours long. It does. And not because it's taking time or the pacing is bad, but because it's so relentless. But, like, there's, like, a 15-minute section late in the movie where they're like, oh, shit, we gotta, like... Put reasons
0: we gotta tack on some plot right <laughs> we gotta figure out some fucking plot dog which i don't think they were terrible at me but either I, mean- I
1: like the plot I mean, the, pl- the plot they settled on is haunted by a snake person and for like the fact that that's the plot and we're still like this movie is good but fucking terrifying yeah. oh my god yeah it speaks to how well they did it it does
0: it pretty much is we have to destroy this horcrux so we can kill voldemort
1: this movie plays by Horcrux yes, rules.
0: absolutely. But that is an established <laughs> trope that I'm
2: comfortable with as a huge Harry Potter fan, Same. so I was
0: on board for it.
2: Well, did you think Voldemort was the first
0: Horcrux guy? <laughs> he learned it from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Although technically this guy in the Harry Potter timeline would have learned it from Voldemort because Voldemort so, was like yes. way, way like in the 1920s or whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm just a big nerd. It's fine.
1: It's fine. Uh, So, in that 15 minutes, it gave me time to calm down. Yeah. Just long enough to, like, be able to finish the movie. That's the only reason this movie is not a hard 10 for me. Is that 15 minutes? I think Mikey's a soft
0: 10. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh,
2: I, uh, <laughs> I think also this this movie highlights uh, my new favorite character in horror, uh, Gavin.
1: Gavin!
0: <laughs> Who, I didn't know his name until he's like, well,
2: I'm going to leave. I'm done with this. And then he just drives off, and then that's in for, in for in the movie. And yeah. I was like, good for him.
1: Did you watch with subtitles on? Yes. No. Okay. The subtitles sometimes got their characters wrong, because I kept thinking he was Luis- I thought the he other was too. Oh. Was Gavin yeah, same. For the bulk of the movie, and it's not until he's leaving and he's like the Gavin expresses out, and I'm just like, oh, that's Gavin. Uh, but yeah, best character ever. Yeah, they're like, you need the money, Gavin, and he's like,
2: no, I don't.
0: Yeah, not, <laughs> not enough to die for. You can't spend money if you're dead. Bye. Fuck you. I'm out. Honestly, mm-hmm. that decision was my favorite in the movie. But Gavin's sort of a douche at the very beginning. I didn't like him at the very beginning, but when he left, I was like, Gavin's a fucking hero.
2: Yep. I mean, I don't think hero is the word. I I just think it's I think it's nice when you have a movie where like some of the cast check out halfway because they've like figured it out. Like, you know what? I don't want a part of this. I'm just gonna go,
0: which is so rare in horror movies. Like, normally Gavin would be the first to die after feigning like he was gonna leave, but getting convinced to to stay.
1: But instead, Gavin's the hero of this movie. (laughs) That's why he survives. All
2: right, hear me out. I think all horror movies would be better if like two people in the middle of the
0: movie just like pieced out.
1: You've got the final girls and the halfway boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've been
0: a halfway boy a lot in my life.
1: I would like to go on the record
0: as saying, Mikey, I will do a thousand movies with you where we are in the movie for the first forty minutes, and then you and I are both like, "We should fucking leave," right? Yeah, we should. Okay,
2: it's like it's like every time a very attractive person hits on me, I'm like, "We gotta get
1: out of here." It would only be funny once, but to make a movie that seems like a whole ass horror movie following two characters, who then just decide to leave, and then it just ends with them sitting in a diner, and they're just <laughs> like, what are we going to do now that we don't work at that haunted house factory? I don't know, man. Our whole lives are ahead of it's us. It's like a Rosencrantz and
0: Guildenstern are dead, but for horror, I'm on board yes! for that oh, They're like watching the news, and they're like, all of our friends are dead. <laughs> oh. Hey, I'm Shit. so
2: glad we left, Mikey. Yeah, that I knew that really attractive person was a... Monster and or vampire <laughs> Because they were like Come to my bedroom And I was like No you're like a hard 10 And I'm like A soft 10
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Mikey yeah. you're a soft 10 Let's be honest Uh-oh. You might be a little soft But you are hot as fuck dude
2: No When people that attractive Are into you It is a horror movie It just means <laughs> they, they,
1: are, they are there to murder you And
2: or use you For nefarious purposes
1: We're not fit To breathe their air
0: <laughs> They don't even breathe <laughs> We are so off topic. Maybe we should just get into the movie so we're forced to talk about this scariest shit movie.
1: I I don't even want to look at my notes. (laughs) Okay. Why did it have to be snakes? I took notes too.
2: It's just a frowny (laughs) face.
1: The first sentence of my notes is, thank God this is only 90 minutes long. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so we get some title cards on the screen. uh, One that lets us know that this was cobbled together from a medical documentary, security cameras, and other footage. Uh, And that the start date is October 12th, 2013. Then we have a little kind of blurb that just says medical student Mia Hu and her documentary crew travel to Exuma, Virginia to meet with Alzheimer's patient Deborah Logan and her daughter Sarah.
0: At the very beginning when I read that, I was like, is this a Dr. Seuss book? <laughs> Mia who and her documentary crew. Oh,
1: the places you'll go! Spoiler: it's a cave. Um,
2: <laughs> I like my butter child side up.
1: Oh. oh, hold on, let me unhinge my jaw really quick to swallow that terrible joke. Just <laughs> ah.
0: wow! Paige has the whole microphone in her mouth, and that is no easy feat. And honestly, Jake, I'm impressed. <laughs>
1: I have a very small mouth. I had to have teeth removed. It was a whole thing.
0: (laughs) And Um, a rib. Wait, no, that's somebody else. Never mind. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, They drive up to the house and they meet her Deborah's daughter Sarah, who I've seen in other stuff. What else has that daughter been in?
0: Uh she was in the secret life of the American teenager for three years. So she's on a lot of TV. So you've probably seen her on TV. Okay. She was in Dexter. Yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's honestly great. She is really great. And she's great in she's this. She's good in
1: this. Yeah, yes. her and
0: Jill Larson who plays Deborah, they're amazing.
1: I, I found a review that just said this is found footage done right. And I know that this is, like, between this and Last Exorcism, we've had, like, a one-two punch of good found footage. Yes. This is a fantastic found footage film. Yeah, yeah. And they're great in it. Yeah. Anyway, she meets the documentary crew, and she's like, mom's going to be salty, but it's all an act. You know, like, she's been getting ready for you guys. And we find out that part of the reason they're allowing the documentary to happen is for grant money and health care costs. Yeah. Um, which is a real ass thing. It takes a long time to die from these kind of degenerative diseases. And care can get Extremely expensive
0: Well yeah Because our healthcare system Is a nightmare Yeah Yeah And then she's about to Lose the house too right
1: Well this is how They keep the house I think well, yeah. is what it is Okay
0: Because they could have Paid for some of the Medical expenses By selling the house You know
1: To be honest That's how we paid For my grandmother's Is yeah. when we moved her To a facility The sale of her house Paid for a lot of Many years of that Yeah Uh, They meet her For the pre-interview And she's asking A lot of questions Like is you know Is this going to be for educational purposes I don't want to be exploited and Mia tells her that her grandfather had the disease so it's not just a grade although we do find out that's a lie later and Deborah is like I'm a private person I'm having second thoughts I don't think I'm right for you right and she doesn't want to do it her daughter has to kind of talk her into it and they have to come back a week later to film the the pre-interview they were going to film that day so we cut to a week later and Sarah meets them again. Now they're kind of, I think they've kind of prepped Deborah a little bit.
0: It seems that way. And
1: so they're they are kind of walking around the house, getting to know her. And this is where
0: Gavin is like picking up shit and like looking at it and like.
1: He's touching stuff in the house. and Touching the
0: crystal in the uh, in the yeah. chandeliers. Like, is this Bavarian crystal? They're like, stop touching shit, Gavin. He's like, fuck you. I'm leaving halfway through this movie anyway. <laughs> uh, he also <laughs> asks if
1: there's a Starbucks in town and they're like, no. No. This is, as much as we can, a single location movie, so. <laughs> for budgetary
0: purposes, there will be no location shots at Starbucks.
1: Yeah, no. he, He's not a bad guy for
2: asking if there's a Starbucks. I mean, no, come on. I,
0: I do think it's a little, like, shitty that he was, like, touching all of their stuff, and, like, that's sort of a weird, imposing thing. I don't think he's ultimately, like, a terrible guy. You just don't like him right off the bat. I liked him a lot when he stood up for himself and left. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And she shows them to Sarah's room uh, and reveals that they haven't touched it since she was a child. And it seems that Sarah was more of a ball player and not necessarily as, I mean, I feel like feminine is the wrong word, but stereotypically feminine. Well,
2: I think one of the themes in the movie, they don't really go into it a lot, but like. Sarah, I mean, because Deborah was like, why don't you go back to your lady friend's house or whatever? So
1: here's the thing, though. OK, so we do see Sarah throughout the movie, A, wearing her father's shirts. She dresses in a more masculine forward way. Yeah. And we do find out that she is a lesbian and she believes that's why her mother sent her away. I think her mother sent her away to keep her safe.
0: Absolutely, because she that was at the same age, because she says it was 10. Yep. That was at the yep. same age that she was yep. when that guy was taking girls. So yeah, I think you're right. I think
2: I think you are right.
0: I do think she handled her sexual orientation, because it's probably around the time she she found out as a young girl. So she, right. I think, internalized that as she was being sent away because she was that way. Because it was right yeah. after she kissed the lady who's the sheriff later.
1: It's not the same lady. Oh, really? I thought so. I checked the names in the oh, notes. Oh, shit.
0: My bad. Okay. Either
1: they messed up the names or it's not the same lady at okay. all. Okay. I
0: I got the vibe it was the same lady. My bad. I thought bad. so,
1: too. Because that's where I was like, okay, is this her? And then we went and checked the names. And then that sheriff later is named Laura. And the girl that she allegedly kissed was in the garage? with yeah. is named, I believe, Alice.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So,
1: okay. in my mind, it works better if they're the same person. I like and it, And that too. may have been yeah. the intent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I did sort of like the way they positioned her sexuality as not, like, a focal point of the movie or, yeah. like, a straight no, point. It's, yeah. it's
1: just a fact yeah. as mm-hmm. part of it's the movie. It's not like,
0: isn't Deborah yeah. so progressive because she has a daughter who's not, you know, cisgendered? It's not, it's not like that.
1: And I think it's very telling that no one in the documentary crew asks about it. Yeah. It's it's just taken as a matter of fact And then she tells them on the porch But they don't pry into that no. further And then Deborah only makes one or two comments About it throughout the movie It's just a point of fact about the character And they don't
0: seem like they're negative about it either They're just like, hey, I'm sure you no. miss your lady friend You know? Yeah Which my mom has said those exact words to me While I was visiting her
1: <laughs> Yeah But part of the reason she's showing them all these rooms Is because they're going to be staying in the house and the second she was, like, letting them stay in the house, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. Uh, and she makes them stay separately because there's no intermingling here.
0: Right. So, yeah, Mia has her own room. And <laughs> the, the two gentlemen who are with her, the camera guy and the sound guy, of which one mm-hmm. is Gavin, the other one's Louise, right? Yeah. But, like, they stay in the same room. And Gavin was like, oh, we're sleeping on the floor. And she goes, yeah, there's a blow-up mattress. You can to blow it up. And then yeah. Sarah, the daughter, comes over and says— hey, thank her for her hospitality. Yeah, You're yeah, being super rude, Gavin, that. you douche. Because yeah. it is, like, that is that is nice. You can stay with um, me. No, they're, they're totally paying her. He should... <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's not an Airbnb. She's the subject of a documentary. So, like, they should be staying right. at a hotel and coming over between, like, eight and nine at night or whatever. She's letting them stay there and, like, set up cameras in her house and be super invasive. I feel like they should be thanking her for that. They are. They are with a
2: check. <laughs>
1: Uh, no I, I have been on many a film set i'm with todd on this yeah, one yeah uh, absolutely it's, it is destructive and wild yeah it and is. you do not want people filming in your house no because <laughs> they'll leave and you'll just be like who nicked every baseboard in every room yeah <laughs> who broke all of these door frames <laughs> oh all the key grips got it got it great i wish there's
0: only one in this movie but still
1: Oh, it was a porno, and they didn't tell us? Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> what kind of
0: sets have you been on, Paige?
1: Uh, I, the first vampire movie I worked on while I was still in, in film school, we paid for a set. Uh, the Color Corrector, they showed up to try and see if they could run cable through sections of the house that we weren't going to use right away. <laughs> Okay, and did not realize that the people who owned the set that we were using, because it's an actual house in the Hollywood Hills, sure. right by the sign, had rented it out earlier in the day to a porn as a porn set. Awesome! And she accidentally walked into that other set, and it was in one of the rooms that we were supposed to be using later in the day. And they had to steam the set and all of the costumes because our costumes were in that room. Oh my just, god! Just they just like like shifted them off to the side. Uh, uh,
2: uh.
0: <laughs> you like La- get there later. to shoot that day and you slip on something on the floor and you're like, oh, no, uh. Uh. But But uh,
1: later on in life, I was watching uh, an adult documentary. Quote,
0: unquote. <laughs> That's what I call it too, page.
1: Yeah, and then they they cut to a room and I was like, oh no. Oh yes. my God, you found it.
0: Okay, bad pitch. Let's find a porn set Airbnb, and when we go visit Paige, let's stay in it, Mikey.
1: I think you can stay in the place where we shot that movie.
0: (laughs) I don't want to do that. Anyway, Gavin's a dick at the beginning of the movie, but he does go thank her. He's like, hey, thank you for the hospitality, and she says, you know, no problem. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, We then see Mia's room. Which is a very nice room with like antique furniture and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And this is where we first start to see the little figurines around the house. Yes. That Deborah's very protective of. Now, I don't know if this is based on someone they knew with Alzheimer's, but my grandmother was obsessed with figurines as she kind of got further into dementia. But specifically, we would set up her nativity every year. because She loved Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then every year, my mom would come back a couple days later, and there were just mysteriously new figurines added to it. And so we just left them. And so my mom would send me pictures of whatever new showed up in the nativity. So like the first one was like a tiny ceramic kitty cat (laughs) and then a second ceramic kitty cat and then a tiny porcelain pug. And then finally, the last time we were able to kind of, like, set it up where she was kind of conscious of what was happening and everything, uh, she had just added, like, a little tiny lawn gnome to the nativity.
2: Depending on which books of the Bible you believe in. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I read a lot of Gnostic scripture, and there is a gnome
0: in there, so, like, that makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan
2: of... Uh, the pug from babylonia who came to watch jesus's birth it's,
0: it's- <laughs> <laughs> i think it's super scary that when you turn the pug over on the back underneath it clearly says dehargenes or whatever the guy's name was <laughs> deardines <laughs> De <Ardines. laughs> yeah
2: I, i'm so glad i was in this i'd be like <laughs> Dijon, dejean Grey poupon Dijon.
0: i honestly in my mind when i saw the name i was like dejorno i got it dejorno yeah <laughs> <laughs> she ordered a pizza she's like buying a pizza <laughs> gavin's like hang on are we doing dejorno hang on hang on
1: Someone recut the end of this movie so that she's unhinging her
2: jaw and putting
1: a pizza. pizza in it. <laughs> His first name was Rising Crust. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what croissant crust? Don't mind if I do.
1: It's The croissant crust is interesting. Had one last
0: week. Did not hate it, Paige.
1: I didn't hate it either.
0: <laughs> I demand we stop talking about this until we get a check from Dehargenius Pizza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not delivery, it's Day D.R.D.'s. Arginia, yes.
0: I like that this guy is DiGiorno and we're going to start calling the pizza company Hardines <laughs> or whatever. Mm. My
2: favorite flavor of Hardines <laughs> is just chopped up snake on top. You know, they're like little pepperoni.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like that scene from Temple of Doom where he just like cuts open the snake and oh, all the little snakes come out. Oh, God, I hate that.
0: Yeah, why did it have to be snakes? But those little snakes oh. are called uh, snake chovies. Snake chovies. <laughs>
1: They're just olives, Todd.
0: I hate olives so much. Wow. Sorry, I'm very passionate about my hate for olives. Anyway, we should <laughs> we should start talking about this movie again.
1: <laughs> no cuts. <laughs> we find out that some of the the figurines are uh, from Germany, and they ask her, "Have you ever been to Germany?" And she's like, "No." And her daughter is like, "Yeah, you remember you were there. You loved it." Yeah,
2: it was it was 1938 to 19. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She left in 1945.
1: She's like, Um, shut up, I was never there. My real name is Ava. (laughs) Shh. (laughs) Wow she was Ava
0: Braun You took her right to the top Escaped to
1: Argentina Back into the states for this movie
0: (laughs) You brought all that really half-assed art And a German shepherd with you Sorry now I'm getting really deep Into the Hitler lore
1: You traveled through Italy Where the Red Cross forged your papers And allowed you to gain passage to South America What a shock
0: (laughs) Imagine that the Red Cross being the villains in a story
1: (laughs) Along with the Catholic Church yeah The villain in a lot of
0: stories Well yeah that one for
1: sure Kind of par for the course On that yeah, one Yeah yeah yeah, yeah So yeah. we get kind of A cutaway to Mia Who introduces that It is a medical documentary But they're also studying The impact that it's having On Sarah as her caregiver Where they're studying How it's destroying Deborah's brain But also the physiological Effects on Sarah From the stress of caring For her mother directly Yeah
0: I actually really like this part Like I didn't like yeah. Mia's Like straight to camera talking It's the only time anyone does that in the movie really mm-hmm. and i didn't like that at first but they then explained like how alzheimer's like destroys your brain and like the impacts it we has get, and i was like, like oh, yeah, okay you, you, documentary portion yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, where we see like
1: graphs and all kinds yeah, i of really stuff. liked
0: it i mean they probably stole a lot of that from like shutterstock.com there was animations Yeah, it was quickly informative about, like, the disease. And I don't know enough about it to to know, you know?
1: It's very accurate. Like, yeah, yeah, everything they say in this movie is accurate. They clearly did their research, but it would have been very, very funny to just pop, like, one shot of the DNA strand from Jurassic Park in there. I'm
0: Dino DNA!
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fossilized in amber, Alzheimer's is a disease. (laughs) Fossilized (laughs) in amber. So, we cut to... Debra and Sarah in the house and Sarah's basically talking about what made her suspect that her mother had the disease and it's because she kept leaving the stove on that was kind of a clue and
0: it caused a fire I do like how they sort of hint at this being a genetic thing because Debra is saying well it's better than my mom who like would set a teapot on the stove and it would like melt all the way down and you're like Good Lord, okay, that's even worse, I guess. But, like, they show a picture of the damage it did, and it legit burned up that whole area.
1: Yeah, and that's a really, that's a common one that people notice is is leaving the stove on. Because it's, it's easy to do. If you're not suffering from Alzheimer's.
0: Oh, okay. A week and a half after we moved into this new house, I am a bath boy. Don't come at me. I like a bath <laughs> to relax,
1: right? No, no shame in the
0: game. So I turned the bath on, but I went to my computer with at the kitchen table at that point. So I went to the kitchen table to work on something. 30 minutes later, I remembered I turned the bath on. And had a huge, like, freak out where I was like, I just ruined my house. Everything is water damaged. I was, like, losing my mind. That was how I found out my tub is idiot proof. Because as it fills up, you know that, like, thing at the top where you can sort of drain water out of? I realized that that drains water as fast as you can push water into it. So I was like, oh, thank God my tub is idiot proof because I am an
1: idiot. So yeah, like, I, I do stuff like that all the, maybe not
0: all the time, but I do it quite a bit, you know? Yeah,
1: but it sounds like Deborah didn't have a, a similar incident. So it's a little harder to sometimes distinguish what is just forgetfulness that we all have versus the disease. But the stove seems to be a focal point and it's going to be a focal point for the rest of the movie as well. So. We find out that at this point she is in what they would call the early stages of Alzheimer's and she has decided to kind of fight it. So she is taking medications and doing all the puzzles and things to try and keep herself sharp. Yeah. And this is where we kind of get the story behind who she was when she was younger, where we find out that her husband died when her daughter was two and she started an answering service. In the town and had a switchboard In their house and so she was Essentially a virtual Administrative assistant before that Was a thing yeah and she was She mentions that she was covering for A lot of these people
0: yeah because a lot of them Were like yeah. having affairs or whatever yeah. She was their answering service so it was like uh, She was like their text message if that makes yeah. Sense you know yeah. mm-hmm. and then She would relay that message to them which Back in the day was uh like Executive type service like that is A expensive yeah. type Concierge service if you will
1: Yep They cut to uh, a few scenes of her trying to do kind of just mundane day to day tasks And they, they mentioned that there's no small tasks as she's going through her life So they see her kind of struggling to remember what she was doing in the garden Struggling with an umbrella Yeah Her organized thinking is impaired uh, She tried to bake but she clearly didn't successfully bake the cake <laughs> Yeah
0: Yeah I did love that. She was like, is it sweet enough? And he's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the vanilla is my special ingredient.
0: <laughs> she, he's yeah. like, yeah, I can totally taste that. If by vanilla, you mean shit. It tastes like shit, <laughs> Deborah." Lock it
1: up. So Deborah talks about how she's frustrated because she's doing all the puzzles and crosswords to try and stave it off, but there's no cure. And she says that she'll sometimes just be on, you know, her going through her day and her mind just leaves the premises yeah so we cut to uh the cameraman again because the the subtitles are a little wonky uh, i'm not sure if it's gavin or louise i it's louise i think it is
0: louise or what however you pronounce that i think it's him because he's the guy setting up the cameras in the hallway like the overhead cams yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. and i'd imagine that that would be the camera guy's job right
1: right 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 Um, so she's gardening and he's filming her and he's just kind of zooming in, just kind of resetting the camera and he just says, what is she doing? And we see her pull a snake out of the garden Yeah. and then Mia approaches him and she's like, Hey, you're supposed to be setting up for this other thing. And as they stand, Deborah is right there.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. That scared the shit out of me because I wasn't expecting it. Like. The whole movie is sort of tense and creepy, but up until this point, there are no scares. Yeah. It's just like they're laying the groundwork. You're getting a feel for who everyone is and all that stuff. And this is the first time you're like, what? Oh, God.
2: Okay, but I will say from this point on the film, the whole film is like them doing something and then Deborah just appearing. And like, yes. it sounds lame, but it is super scary throughout the whole film. Yeah.
1: Well, here's here's what's really interesting is at this point, I was like, ooh, tense, scary, scary. And I clicked on the video to see how much time was left. And we were only 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Because that's how well this movie is set up and paced is that it doesn't feel long or drawn out as you're watching it. But you're so tense that you're like, oh, I thought we were 20, 30 minutes into this. No? No. Oh, no. Anyway. Uh, they're setting up security cameras and she's just wandering around the rooms and you just kind of see her wandering in and out of doors through the security cameras. Yes. And she disappears
2: in that closet while he's setting up that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And slams the door. We cut to Mia is taking Sarah's blood pressure and she's basically telling her like, hey, uh, your, your blood pressure is high. The stress is impacting you. And Sarah just says, oh, I'm going to die of cirrhosis of the liver anyway. And we do see her drinking problem progress throughout the movie. But... No sooner have we kind of discussed her cirrhosis of the liver that we hear a scream from the kitchen, put down the knife and they run to the kitchen and Deborah has a knife and is trying to stab Gavin because she believes that he stole her spade. Yeah, And she's like tossing the kitchen, screaming, sobbing and screaming on the floor. They check every room in the house. Gavin almost leaves that night.
0: I mean, Gavin is so backed up, he stands on the counter to get away from her more. Like, she's threatening Mm -hmm. him with... like She's trying to kill him, sort of. I mean, she's trying to get information out of him, I guess. Where's the spade? Where's the spade? But he doesn't know where it
1: is. Yeah, he has no idea. He had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, I I mean thankfully, I know that people have experiences like this with these diseases we did not, but it's very scary and as, and also I think there's an element in this movie where Deborah is fighting tooth and nail and they're trying to restrain her without hurting her which yeah. I think is even tougher yeah because I mean real talk she's a frail old woman yeah if they just like tackled her to the floor she'd be down. But they'd probably break her back in the process. So you see a lot of people trying to, like, gingerly tackle people in this movie, which is very tough. So they search the whole house, which leads them up into the attic.
0: One of the three attics.
1: One of multiple attics.
0: Yeah. Or really just the same attic that's redressed for a different scene. But yeah.
1: Right, right, right. In different, (laughs) but you enter it from different parts of the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: That would be so confusing and and not
2: cool. What attic did I put the Christmas decorations in last year? I don't know. I have to check every (laughs) attic.
1: That's, my friends just bought a house that has like crawl spaces like Paranormal Activity 3, like that little like under the eaves of the house, but then also has multiple attics. And I told them their house was haunted before they even bought it. And they were like, please stop saying it's haunted, especially around our children.
2: <laughs> That's really funny.
0: I don't have an attic, but I have like a, I have some crawl spaces that uh, sort of terrify me. Just by themselves, alone, in a not haunted house, I'm scared to go in there sometimes.
1: You think it's not haunted now. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: please stop saying that around me as a child. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we both know that the uh, Civil War graveyard is underneath your house.
1: No
0: yeah, it's true. it's not a civil War graveyard. It is a slave graveyard we found out like and it is like five houses down from me,
1: so as a white person, you don't think they want revenge?
0: <laughs> okay, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but we called actually it was one of my neighbors Wayne called the like person in the county that we're in who's in charge of like historic grave sites and they said, yes, we're aware of that one. We don't really do a whole lot to maintain old graveyards but if you want to here's like some resources you can use to do that and our HOA is going to start doing that kind of stuff but he also mentioned that there were two other gravestones that we don't know where they are but he gave us the approximate location and it's under the house that's right next to it so they either moved those graves or they're still under that house
2: yes I am down with this
0: it is not where it's not my house. It's a few houses down from me, where the. Well, you don't know that. No, no, no. I. It's, I an appro-
2: it's an approximate location.
0: No, he he gave us like the coordinates for them on like Google Maps, and we mapped it, and it legit is under the house that's right next door to it. Those are just the Mark graves.
1: Uh, here's <laughs> the thing, Todd. I think your best bet is to
0: burn my house down and run.
1: If that's your first yes. Yeah. But your second, and obviously, what I would advise you to do. Is to work super hard to maintain those graves to make it very very nice as a form of karma. Yeah, that I can't promise it's going to help you.
0: We are. I mean, uh, Wayne is like heading it up. Wayne's like this old retired guy who made a lot of money, and he's like heading it up. So like we're gonna we're gonna do our best to make it pretty and honor the people that were laid to rest there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if they like it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We will. If I end up dead, you'll know why.
1: No, no, no. We'll just—you'll be on the Zoom call one day with like ash and soot everywhere, and be like, "So I got a ton of insurance money. Let's all move to
0: California." (laughs) 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 Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about all that, like at all.
1: Well, as as you've said, Todd, it's not real until it is, (laughs) and then once it is, fuck it, I'm out. Uh, Anyway, they go up into the attic. Where there's predictably no lights, because apparently there's no lights in this fucking house, because people never turn the lights on, and it drove me nuts the whole time. It did drive me nuts, too. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like, especially in the attic shots. Like, attics that big have a light. Turn it on. Also, flashlights exist. Lots of them. That is true. And when they go into the cave, they do have flashlights, which I was thankful for. Like, it wasn't all that green night vision shit, but they do eventually get down to that.
1: So, up in the attic, that's the first place where we see her switchboard. Yes. And as they're looking at it, we find out that the spade was in the freezer. It was just the last place she didn't look.
0: I mean, why would you look in the freezer for a small shovel, which is what a spade is? It's like a hand shovel.
2: I've totally put my keys in the freezer.
1: Oh, yeah. Same. I have, too. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Deborah is just kind of staring out the window and... Her daughter, Sarah, is trying to get her to talk to her like, hey, can we calm down? We found the spade. Is everything OK? And she then just says she knows. She knows. And then she turns and she's like ripped a section of her neck Oh, my off. God. Oh, I terrifying. hated this so much. It was so creepy. Oh. I fucking screamed. Yeah. I was just like, oh, God.
0: It was, so, oh, oh, man. Oh, I, I hated it. I hated it so yeah. much. This is such an effectively scary movie. It's so I just scary. I did not Ugh.
2: think that Deborah was such a redneck.
1: <laughs> oh, <but laughs> I Boo! There, Boo! <laughs> there are very few predictable you, jump scares in this movie, but they all work within the story. Yes. And that, I think, is part of why it's so effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's horrifying imagery that you would not predict. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the hospital, and... Uh, the doctor who's been treating Deborah basically has said that the disease has progressed a lot farther than usual and faster, which can happen. Everyone's experience is different. Sometimes people get it and then are just like speeding through it and there's no way to stop it. My grandmother lived with it for 15 years, so it really just depends on the person. But so they've identified that at this point, She's in the middle stages of the disease, and it's very aggressive. And so they're upping her meds and putting her on a mood stabilizer. Part of that is because when you start to lose your memory, and some people will have hallucinations sometimes. Not everyone does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts to make you very anxious and tense, even though you don't understand why and you don't have the like ways to verbalize why. It's making you upset and anxious, and so they often have to prescribe mood stabilizers to people who have Alzheimer's because it's terrifying to be lost all the time. Yeah. Correct
2: me if I'm wrong here. Sure. Did, did the doctor ever talk with the daughter about like, hey, we maybe think it's time for your mom to have a higher level of care?
1: Actually, they do. Oh, do they? Yes. In this very next okay. scene, it's not on camera, so it's it's kind oh, of talked, okay. yeah. So it's talked about around it where okay. They are discussing, she's kind of discussing it with Harris, the gardener. Yeah. And so, we'll we'll just get to the scene. Yeah, okay. Uh, We get a title card that says day 15. Deborah's coming home from the hospital. And she basically is like, I'm mortified. I'm sorry I spoke to you that way. I'm very sorry. And she seems like her normal self. And we cut back to the house. And this is where we kind of overhear her and the gardener having a conversation about putting her in a facility and Sarah is basically like, they have recommended that we have more care for her, yeah. basically around okay. the clock care. And Harris is like, no, people go to those places to die. This is a place to live. This is her home. Well, I and mean,
2: then Harris could have an opinion if he was helping at all with the situation.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm, well, and here, here's the thing. That's a tricky part of navigating this situation of like, every person's different. You have to make choices about their treatment based on what they need and sometimes it is much better for both them and for you as their child or caretaker yeah for them to have professional round-the-clock care that is independent of a familial relationship because they turn into different people you know and it can be very very hard for you to reconcile mm-hmm. the person that you know with What they need. And so we made that choice for my grandmother at a certain point, but also to preserve my mom and my aunt so that they could continue to lead lives that put them in the best position to help her when they needed her specific help, you know, as opposed to she moved in with us, we're not qualified to give her the best care that she can and also it's stressing us out so that we're not even able to enjoy the few years that we have left.
2: Like it's one thing when like it's behaviorally hard but when like she ripped her neck open.
0: Yeah, like that's a medical yeah. emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. just at a house in the woods. Like it'll take time for the ambulance to get there. Like th- there's like a whole level of care that is not being given because she's not at a facility that can handle those type of issues.
1: Yeah, and those are just choices that you have to make and I think people really struggle With feeling like they're letting their loved ones down and don't understand that sometimes it's the best thing for both of them. And I think that's probably where the gardener is, is where he's just like, how dare you? That's a betrayal to her. And it's really not. And I would have
2: been like, you're just the gardener. Get the
0: fuck out of my property.
1: I know. But later, Sarah calls him her dad. And so I think he's been with their family for years. Well, he has.
0: He 100% has. And... I don't think he's their gardener so much as, like, I think he lives close by or something, but he's, he's helping her in the garden, and he, he helps with, like, yeah. the stuff she digs up. He, like, fills those holes again, and he's the red herring, right? He's the one you think is sort of pulling the strings, I think. Yeah. Or he's set up that way, and he just turns out he's, like, a really good guy who knew about what happened to Sarah early on. Yeah. And, you know, kept that secret. No, they
2: totally been banging.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought they had a relationship. As
0: Me well. too. I thought they were not Sarah and him, but Deborah and him. Yes, I oh, agree. Yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah.
1: I, I, I was under the impression that he and Deborah had a relationship and had just never either never gotten married or whatever. We don't know his family situation.
2: Oh yeah, he has tilled her soil.
1: Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> he fills
2: her holes.
0: <laughs> In this movie, he does. Yes,
1: because she she digs up holes in the garden and doesn't remember why she did and then he he goes and fills them that that is
2: but then after yep. that he bangs it out with her <laughs>
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> so we cut to Deborah is painting in the house, and that's kind of one of her activities that she really likes to do. And we notice if you kind of are eagle-eyed- yeah, she
2: just paints uh, naked pictures of Harris all day. It's so bizarre.
1: Paint me like one of your French girls.
0: Painting is a hobby she picked up from her first husband, Adolf.
1: Oh, jeez. Oh,
2: Harris gives her that acrylic dick. <laughs> That was too low for me. I apologize,
0: Mikey. There is nothing too low for you. <laughs>
1: so she's painting, and if you look, she's got the painting that she's working on, and then one is kind of drying off to the side. And in the one off to the side, you see a shadow in the forest. I did. I saw in her it painting.
0: It does well, and you see that figure later mm-hmm. as they're walking through the forest. Did you guys see that? Yes. It's a little figure shadowing. Yeah.
1: So we cut to they're kind of filming her around the house and Louise happens upon her in her bedroom just kind of staring into the mirror and just talking just saying I didn't know I didn't know bleed I bleed stop stop no she sees the camera in the mirror which is Fucking terrifying. Yeah. The look on her face is so scary.
2: I was expecting a jump scare right here, and I was like, oh. and they don't give it
1: to you. And you're just like, no. <laughs> she sees the camera. He runs away. And we cut to uh, the doctor kind of explaining that Deborah's brain is a lot like the switchboard she used to work on where she's losing connections and you can't really run from it. It's going to happen to you. You just kind of have to handle it as it happens. And this is where we see Sarah's drinking problems start to get a little worse. Um, We cut to it says day 18 and she's on the phone with someone, presumably I would assume her partner, wife, girlfriend. We don't know the status, but she basically says she's not making it easy. She doesn't want my help. Uh, the U-Haul comes tomorrow. I don't have the balls to tell her the truth. I just told her I'm moving home for a few months. Now, I thought at this point they were going to move her to a facility.
0: I mean, that is probably what should
1: have happened. <laughs> yeah. But
0: it's not. They don't move her to a facility this whole movie.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure why the U-Haul is there.
2: I thought that her she broke up with her life partner and was like moving permanently in with no, her No, I
0: don't think she broke up with a life partner. I think she was just telling her life partner, hey, hey the U-Haul is coming tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to move in with my mom for a few months.
2: Yeah. Oh, I thought they broke up That is
0: weird I'm, I'm As I'm thinking back on it Like maybe she doesn't Live with her partner And she's just letting her know Hey I got a U-Haul for tomorrow I'm gonna be moving With my mom for a few months
1: Yeah or Or they did break up And she's on the phone With Harris Cause she is frequently On the phone with Harris That is true And we yeah. don't know Who she's on the phone with At this point Yeah
0: I assumed it was Her partner too though Paige
1: Yeah so I'm not sure I
2: thought she had a breakup With the partner And like was talking To her ex or something But yeah, there's a lot of things It could be I guess
0: Yeah
1: It could be yeah
0: It doesn't matter And the conversation context of this story but
1: yeah Uh, and we cut to her on the porch with the documentary crew and this is where she tells them that Deborah sent her away to boarding school when she was 10 and she believes it's because she caught her in the garage kissing a female friend and Deborah just got mad and sent her away yeah and she thought that she was embarrassed of her and we cut through she shows them some photos of Uh, saint bernardine's where she had catholic uniforms yeah
2: she's like i definitely want you to not kiss girls i'm going to send you to an all girls catholic school (laughs) where you will live and sleep with women it will definitely not encourage this type of behavior
1: i mean especially not with with some women hitting you repeatedly (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't know if you know what happened at Catholic schools back in the day, but it was a lot of hitting people with rulers.
2: I mean, I've watched some online documentaries.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, as they're talking, we hear kind of an electrical sound and the chandelier starts shaking. Yeah. And Luis has the camera and he has it kind of on a dark door because they still haven't turned on a light. And we see Deb walking through the house. Oh, man,
0: I hated this so much.
1: And not responding to anyone. Yeah, I yeah, it.
0: I did not like it. When she is like in shadow, but because she's wearing like that white, uh, at some points it's just a slip. At some points it's like a nightgown, right? Right. Uh, because she's wearing that over the slip. But like. Because it's white, you can see her even though it's very dark, right? Yeah. So you can mm-hmm. barely see this like white figure of Deb walking around in these rooms and you're like, Oh my God, I fucking hate this so much.
1: Yeah, it's like that time they thought Mr. Burns was an alien on The Simpsons. <laughs> like it's, it's that same vibe. Um <laughs> He finally finds her standing in the middle of a room and he and they he calls for everybody. They kind of ask her, Are you okay? And into the camera he just says, standing in the dark that's awesome <laughs> like i love that he has this like <laughs> running commentary of just how fucked up it all is yeah um <laughs> and she's staring out the window sarah shows up and sarah tells them that this is actually normal it's happened a couple times she's convinced there's been an intruder and that there's some guy in the yard which we will later find out there is um
2: yes but he's just saying uh, pardon me do you have any ha! <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not delivery. It's Deja
0: But at this point, she doesn't
1: want his croissant crust. So she nails the window shut.
0: Yes. And it's clear Uh. it's not the first time because Sarah's like, oh, we're nailing the window shut again.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We cut to the security cam footage later that night. We see a little blip of static, and we see Deborah wake up again at 1:37 a.m. She runs out of the room. They can't find her anywhere. They find that the windows that had been nailed shut are now ripped open. Yeah, and there is blood on the nails. So she clearly hurt herself climbing. Yeah, up. she ripped it
0: open, or something ripped it open, right? She mm. climbed out and ripped her like and ripped the nightgown and cut herself completely off. Yeah, because it's out there, man. When uh, when the camera goes up to the window. And it looks out, mm-hmm. you see the blood on the nail, and then it looks out and Sarah runs up to the nightgown that's covered in blood on the ground. That scared me because it's yeah. so Don't dark. scary. Yeah, scary. Yeah, well, I mean, that, like, her jumping into frame, just Sarah, like someone who we're following who's not, like, the scary figure. It's not Deb, right? She, right. J- her jumping out scared me. I was like, oh, God, what is happening? I hated this movie yeah. so much. I hated
1: it so much! We find Deb in the garden going, Ape shit with that spade and screaming. Her hands are dirty and bloody. Yeah. Uh we cut to Mia trying to clean her hands off. And Deb is pissed. Like she does not look right. Man, as seen as they're cleaning their hands. Mia
0: is being so like kind and sweet and loving and like washing her hands off very gently. And Deb's vacant stare, but still sort of pissed. Sinister. It's yes. Yes, Paige! It's It's so... very sinister. It's so good, man. Uh, The lady who plays Deb is amazing.
1: Yeah, and and she's talking about how her daughter doesn't like manicure. She never cleans her nails. Yeah. And Mia's just like, don't worry. We're going to clean your nails up just fine. And as they finish kind of cleaning Deb up and get her back to bed, Gavin and Luis let them know that they had downloaded some of the footage around 2.58 that morning. And they see that Deb is in the kitchen sleepwalking and sleepwalking is a a normal part of these kinds of disorders. So it's not unusual, but she's in the kitchen at the stove where she was leaving the stove on and she just like pops up onto the stove and there's no break in the time code. She's like standing on the ground and then she's standing up on the stove with the spade.
0: Yeah. It's not even levitating. It is like. Teleporting. A, like a jump cut, but there's yeah. no break in the co- in the time code. Yeah. Right. I hated it.
1: It's wild. Um, we cut to Sarah talking to the doctor over the phone, and we reveal that Sarah's also smoking a fat blunt. So, like, Sarah <laughs> is both, she's doubling down on any substance she can get. Yeah. She
0: is self-medicating. <laughs> yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we find out that they're going to up Deborah's meds. Yeah. Uh, But Harris wants them to stop filming and he tells Sarah, like, I'll clean up the yard, but maybe give it a break on the cameras. And looking back, I was wondering if he was worried that they were going to find the body or that Deb was going to find it on camera. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. At this point, I'm pretty sure he offers to, like, hey, I know it's a money thing because Sarah brings it up. Uh. I'll sell my tractor. I'll sell my car. Whatever we need to do, I can come up with the money. Just please get rid of the cameras. And Sarah's also, right. Sarah also says, it's also like two extra, three extra people to help me out with her. Like it's yeah. extra hands to help me. And that's very helpful too. Yeah. Which I think is the reality of her situation. I think Sarah knows like this is too much for just me at this point.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing. Even if they did want to move her into a facility, now Sarah's living in the house. So that's where Sarah lives too. Yeah. They can't really sell it at that point. Um, but those facilities are not cheap. You'd probably have to sell the house to pay for it. Yeah. And so I think she really is in a tough spot. She is, yeah. And that's kind of why she lets it go on. These kind
0: of decisions, these end of life, like palliative care or uh, hospice care decisions, are so hard to make.
1: This is why, right now, make a will, guys. Yeah. Everyone should make a will. Make a will.
2: In a medical plan, like a palliative, like a palliative care
1: plan. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's never too early, and I know it seems morbid to do it, but honestly, you'll be glad you did. Yeah, because then people can do what you would have wanted to do when you were still young and could think about it and had time to consider it, and you weren't just at the mercy of whatever happens to you. Yeah. Right, which is so. why when
2: I die, I want to be baked into a lasagna and fed to all my friends.
1: Oh, I hate this plan. Do you want
0: that to be one lasagna stacked on top of me, another one? It's- Two
1: goddamn (laughs) lasagna, Todd!
0: I am a a firm two lasagna camp. A big lasagna is just one lasagna. Two pizzas on top of each other are a double-decker pizza. If the Mikey lasagna, if you will, is side-by-side, that's two lasagnas. But if they're stacked, that's one lasagna. That's one Mike Zagna.
1: No, because when you bake lasagna, it gets a crust, which means that there's a beginning and an end to lasagnas. So if you stacked two lasagnas after you'd already cooked them... That's still two lasagnas because you'd be able to tell the demarcation between the two. Oh, yeah. If counterpoint. they're cooked separately, counterpoint,
0: yes.
2: Counterpoint. Yes. Tiered wedding cake is still one wedding cake.
1: No, it's multiple separate cakes that are layers that make up a larger dessert. But then also... I can't what's believe you're na- still what's the fucking name? What's talking the name about of lasagna. That,
2: what's the name of that larger dessert? A cake.
1: It's a tiered cake. It's separate it's, from it, a shorter this cake. This is
0: such bullshit. This conversation is giving me tears.
1: Good Lord. Anyway, <laughs> I, w- I would say if you stack before you bake... Then it's one tall because you never stopped making a lasagna, right? But if you bake them, if it's post bake, if, if it's post bake, yes. that's two lasagnas. I agree, no way around. But it.
0: in this situation, they're Mike's lasagnas. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be a separate one gluten free. Thank you, because Natalie would like to partake of the Mike's lasagna.
1: <laughs> you got it, but that has to specifically be Mikey's feet. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> no, <hold on. laughs> I, I heard
0: you get a text. What does it say?
1: Uh, I have a text from my husband that says. Oh, my God, are you guys doing the lasagna shit again?
0: <laughs> I love Jake so much.
1: <laughs> anyway, Jake is a one lasagna person, by the way. It's, it's a rift in our household. I won't raise. Will
0: you tell him he is correct?
1: No, Mikey, don't do this.
0: For me, it's all about when you bake it. If it's post-bake, you combine them. That's two lasagnas. If it's pre-bake, you combine right. them. It's one lasagna. Nuance is important. It's just semantics. It's one lasagna because
2: you're serving it at the same time on top of each other as I a lasagna. I cannot talk about this right now.
1: So Deborah basically responds to her by saying, why don't you go back home? I know you miss your lady friend. I'm fine here. And I'm like, you're, you're not fine. <laughs> like, oh,
2: yeah. you, She's not. You fine. nailed a
1: window shut and then you climbed back out of that window. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> like, what are you she ripped her about? own neck open. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we cut to them trying to mic her for an interview they're trying to put a lavalier mic on deborah and they're asking her well how are you feeling and i i feel like she's almost trying to convince them that she's okay so that they leave yes because she's like well i was feeling peculiar but not now now i feel right as rain so they show her the footage and she's like who is that is that me why didn't you stop me and they're like she was you were hallucinating yeah and she just said, "You kept telling me not to answer the phone. Please talk to us." And then Deborah attacks the camera. Oh man, not even yes, the camera. She reaches it. over
0: to Sarah and starts attacking her daughter, and the camera just get knocked out of the way.
1: Yeah, it's wild. It's so
0: scary, man. I jumped so hard at that moment.
1: And most of the time,
0: yeah. like you asked me earlier, how I got through this movie, and this is a visual thing, but I was doing this. I was oh, like, the last
1: half of this movie, I spent. Like this Yeah
0: I had my hoodie and Around my face shirt. Yeah I am not changed <laughs> Or I put my arms up In like a T And like peek through it Like it's like uh, It's so scary Like it's, it's so hard To watch directly
1: Yeah So we cut to the hospital Because they take her To the hospital yeah. They are extracting Some of her spinal fluid They're doing a spinal tap They're turning her treatment Up to 11 Yeah
2: <laughs>
1: Well and then
0: the doctor Who's like She has this crazy rash Has she been around Any heavy metals And I was like you just gave her a spinal tap. Yes. That is some heavy metal right there, baby. <laughs> That's
1: the heaviest of metal. Uh, so they run tests on her to try and explain the anomalies. She's got a really bad rash on her back that they can't figure out and it's kind of like a scaly skin. Yeah. Uh, she's rapidly degenerating
0: and turning into a snake. No, I think
2: she's turning into a ha. <laughs>
0: explains why her rash looks like pepperoni. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Paige. It's not delivery. It's snake giorno.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Comes with Parmesan squeeze.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's not
1: blood. It's tomato sauce. Okay, so.
0: That's how I got through this movie, Paige. <laughs>
1: like, she's just a de giorno. It's okay. <laughs> if she was a delivery, it'd be a problem.
0: <laughs> so uh, we cut to,
1: there are scenes with her and the doctor where they're trying to test her faculties they're having her like assemble shapes and identify letters and colors and things like that yes and she rips her own skin off of her arm oh my god and they have to restrain her as she's growling and so they're trying to determine what her rash is they're like maybe contact dermatitis or an allergic reaction or a co-infection they're bringing in specialists but no one can figure out what's going on and so they do Send her home.
2: This is what I was like. They would not release this woman home. No, they should not. No, they
1: do. I mean, depending on how severe her rash and things were, a lot of the things that they're seeing, although disturbing, are common to her condition, and they don't keep people indefinitely for those. You know, it's kind of comes with the territory. I feel like she'd be doing a lot better in a facility, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
0: feel like Sarah would be doing a lot better if her mom was in a facility, too.
1: Yes. So she's at home uh, and she's alone at the piano and she's looking directly at the camera. I did not like it. And it's so freaky because the room gets dark around her. And as it gets super dark, her face kind of morphs.
0: And as it fades to black around her face, like the, the face is the last thing you see. Yeah. That, honestly, that whole shot, creepy as shit. Because she's playing like yeah. Three Blind Mice or something like that on the piano.
1: She's just tinkling notes. I didn't even identify it as a song. I think it was Three Blind Mice. It may have been, yeah.
0: I'd have to go back and listen to it. Either way, public domain. But it was, oh my God. It wasn't like jump scary, and that's what normally gets me. It was like just so fucking creepy. <laughs> I hated it.
1: So, uh, we cut to... Uh, the interior of a car driving at night, uh, and it's the camera crew driving up to the house. Yeah. And they see that there's a car already there, and the hazards are on. And we get a title card that says day 41. They run inside. They hear Sarah and Deborah struggling, and Deborah is shrieking and snarling. And they're having to hold her down as she tries to bite people because she was trying to eat and swallow her figurines. Yes. So they have to pack them all up. Yeah. And as they're doing that, They find that there's a snake in the house. Yeah. Gavin is talking into the camera and he says, Luis, you always said, don't mess with your equipment. Yeah, But I'm going to put my aunt's cross on the window because he just says, where are you at right now? Fucking around with snakes. So he's going to put his aunt Bonnie's cross on the window.
0: Man, this was so scary because as he like looks up and she's just right there next to him.
1: Well, so he goes into the room. Ugh. And he uncovers her easel and he goes through multiple drawings or watercolors, whatever medium she's using right now. Yeah. And there's always a shadow man in the garden. She only paints the garden and he's coming closer and closer. Oh man. Now here's what's really interesting. As he gets closer to the window, there's like a discarded drawing. That's a close-up. Yeah. So you really kind of get an idea of like who and what it is. But he just said, he's like, ladies got issues. And I'm like, Yes, she has Alzheimer's, man. That's why (laughs) you're here.
0: You're the worst, Gavin.
1: Uh, So he puts his aunt's cross on the window. Doesn't help. As he turns away from the window, Deborah's right there. Yeah. We have no idea how she got there. No one heard her come in the room. And she just says, you're letting all my heat out. And the window flies open. And it was nailed in place. And we know because that's what he hung the cross on. Yeah,
2: it was so creepy. and scary.
1: Yeah. And so he, at this point, tries to quit. And Mia's like, well, if you're scared of an old woman, and he's like, no, 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 I want double my rate. They agree to it. Yeah.
0: Luis gets double his rate, too. He's like, he gets double his rate. I get double my rate. I get double my rate. That right there is a great example of the power of unionization.
1: Well, I would just say it's the power of knowing what other people make. That is also true. (laughs) Normalize talking about your salary with your peers. Normalize talking about your salary with
0: your peers. Absolutely. Because then everyone makes more.
1: So we see a blip of static. We cut to the security camera. Deborah gets out of bed again and she wanders through the house in her nightgown and then takes it off, Mm -mm. gets naked. And they suddenly hear a loud ringing throughout the system in the house and it's coming from the switchboard. Yeah. So they go upstairs to try and check on her. She's not in her room and they basically exhaust all options except going back into the attic to find that switchboard. Although they do have like a really tense freak out, like a fake out with the closet and there's nothing in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. They go up into the attic and this was a little strange sarah at one point says you go first brown guy which i was like okay wait did she like, first of all i, I
0: missed yes. that okay
1: yes and i don't know why because i was like first of all he's been around for 40 days you should know his name like and it's clearly the louise because he has the camera yes but so they go up and they're like fuck 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 it's the attic And she's sitting at the switchboard naked, and then she's crying and screaming at the switchboard in, like, a her own voice, but then, like, an ugly demon voice. And then she gets electrocuted by the switchboard, and as it kind of starts to knock her back as she's shocked, her face transforms again oh yeah so they call 9 uh and the doctor makes a house call which i feel like this is, should have been another hospital trip but yeah anyway
2: also when you call nine one one, a doctor doesn't just show up
1: no that's not <laughs> how it works yeah but the doctor's there and she's basically like her heart rate is crazy we got to get her breathing under control she's crying and hyperventilating and she really needs to rest now and she gives mia a sedative to give to deborah as needed because as we've established mia is a medical student yes because that's why she has her stethoscope and everything too but i got worried because sarah is like cradling her mom in bed and i was like she's gonna bite you or something like she's a biter it's like (laughs) one of those
0: touching moments that's also super scary yes
1: and the doctor says to mia if she has to be restrained do it yeah basically like don't be afraid to tie her down uh for her own safety yeah
0: because she's known to rip her own skin off like yeah yeah.
1: and then she basically says to her and kind of to sarah it was 337 that she was trying to remember you need to help her pull out whatever that memory is yeah because she was very specific about what she was trying to remember and she might be trying to tell you something and she can't quite form the memory so we cut to they've pulled the sound out from the footage. And they've noticed that there was some sound at the end that didn't seem to make sense. And it turns out that it was in French. And it was Deborah saying, the eternal serpent will free you, my child. Be my fifth. And it's all about snakes. I will wash you in the river. Your yeah. blood will feed the river. And Sarah is like, mom doesn't speak French. And they're like, you, maybe you don't know that she does because she is on this tape. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. She clearly was. Yeah.
1: And at this point, Harris is like. You need to get the camera crew to leave. Get rid of them or I will. And so they go through, we cut to, they go through her mom's files to try and find out who had 337, who had that number on the circuit board. And the page has been ripped out. But they use charcoal from her like drawing kit to basically rub over Mm -hmm. the depression in the book and that's how they found out that it belonged to H. DiGiorno (laughs) and we then reveal that Mr. DiGiorno uh, was a local he was a local pizza magnate yeah (laughs) he was a local pizza magnate and pediatrician
2: so basically he owned a Chuck E. Cheese
1: (laughs) yeah That's Charles entertainment (laughs) cheese to you. Yes. But a local pediatrician thought to have killed multiple local girls, but four girls in the 70s. Yeah. And Sarah says, I was young, but I remember the curfews and mom never talked about him. I'm surprised you guys don't know about it. There's a whole documentary. So they watch like a little bit of like a documentary within a documentary. It's like documentaryception. I did love how
0: everyone in that documentary had like hilariously 70s clothing. Like the collars were like down to their shoulders. It was amazing.
1: It's great. My favorite is when, because they do meet one of the people from the documentary in real life, and he is dressed exactly the same.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
0: They go to his office later. I forgot about that.
1: So Found all four girls murdered with serpentine carvings on their foreheads, specifically the image of a snake eating itself. Yeah. They had been partially cannibalized and they had snake venom in their blood. But most specifically, they were all killed in the mines nearby that have a cave system attached to them that leads straight to the river. And right. they, will, they were all murdered during their first period. And so they were referred to as bleeding flowers. Um,. And they believe that he was trying to offer them to a specific demon in exchange for immortality. But then the doctor went missing.
0: Yeah. So he was able to do this to four girls, but not a fifth. Not a fifth. Right. And you need five to complete the ritual or whatever. Yeah. That's just
2: common knowledge.
0: Right.
1: Well, and I did think it was, I think it serves the movie pretty well that they don't dwell on this too much. Because I feel like, you know, a movie could get real bogged down in the world building of this. Yeah. And they just kind of like, you need five. That's what you need to know. So within the documentary, we find out that uh, like a paper boy led police to his house because it smelled terrible. And they found ass loads of snakes in his house. Tons of snakes, dead snakes, live snakes. And they show it like so up snakes. close. It is. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It's gross, and we find out that he had Lou Gehrig's disease, and that's part of why they thought he was pursuing immortality. Right. And he needed five victims, but despite a manhunt, he's never been found. And we find out that deborah has been on the stove again, yeah. but they're going to ask her about Mr. DiGiorno, and- they were like, "Deborah, does that name sound familiar? And she's just like. The pizza guy? She's like, delivery. <laughs> delivery. <on> t- <laughs> delivery? No. <laughs> uh And they're asking, they're like, is he a client of yours? And she's like, I don't think so. He went missing just a little while ago. And they're like, that was 30 years ago. And then she just says, he's dead. And she says, how do you know that, mom? Murdered. Murdered. And Deborah just gets up from the table, grunting angrily. And the camera kind of follows and she ends up in the bathroom, like passed out, where she had vomited up essentially a ton of dirt and worms. It was
0: so gross. Yeah.
1: I
2: was just hoping she ate one of those um, gummy worm Oreo, crushed up Oreo
0: things. (laughs)
1: Uh, What do they call it? Cup of dirt?
0: Yeah, cup of dirt. (laughs) Okay. I've never had one of those, but I I would eat one of those.
1: (laughs) Honestly, it does kind of look like that.
0: It's
2: some chocolate pudding, you know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I All mean, right. she can't really bake anymore, and it's a no-bake dessert, so...
2: You can get them at Chuck E. Cheese.
1: Yeah, there you go. So we cut to the hospital, where they're now wondering if she has... A dissociative personality disorder, right? Which
2: is such ridiculous. Okay,
1: they dismiss it immediately, <laughs> though. Which I kind of, I kind of like in this movie. They're like, "Does she have a split personality? She's never been diagnosed. We'll get somebody down here, right. you know, whatever." Right. And the
2: main doctor was like, "You're a janitor. Get away from me. I know you don't know what you're talking about."
1: <laughs> Quit solving all our math equations. <laughs> right.
2: No offense to janitors. I'm just saying I don't like when people are like, maybe they have split personality disorder. In movies and in real life, because I'm like, they don't. Yeah. She has a ton of other neurocognitive impairments. Can would not just be one of those?
1: Yeah. Well, and any one of those neurocognitive impairments could have caused what we just saw.
2: Right. Except for the gummy worms.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> that's, that's definitely her sticking her hand in the trolley log. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, they can't figure out her her skin infection. It's getting worse. And Harris, the groundskeeper, is trying to get to her in the hospital, but they won't let him in yet. They set up a camera in her hospital room and we see nurses come to check on her and do rounds. We cut back to the house where Sarah is talking to Harris and the documentary crew kind of pull Sarah aside. And they're like, we think Harris might be trying to protect himself he was seen around the scenes of the DiGiorno crimes and maybe Deborah helped him cover and they kind of Sarah kind of dismisses it, but this is just to kind of plant a red herring for us as the viewer. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I
0: think the confirmation of the, well, what we find out later is the red herring, right? Yeah.
1: They are talking about ordering dinner when they hear gunshots from outside and it's Harris and he's walking towards the house. He's shooting at the car and what we kind of know, they do call 911. They're scared. Yeah. But I think we established pretty quickly that he was trying to scare them off.
0: Yeah. He wasn't even really trying to damage the car all that much because he, he just shut out windows, which are easier to replace than, you know.
1: Than panels. Yeah. Like yeah. the
0: body panels of the car. Yeah.
1: Right. So uh, the sheriff shows up and Harris has been outside drinking in front of the house and the sheriff talks to Sarah. They clearly have known each other for some time. I do think it works better if she is the younger girl from...
0: Yeah, I do too. Yeah, they're around the same age. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense.
1: But the sheriff says, I've been hearing rumors that your mom has been hurting herself and that there's weird stuff going on. Yeah. And she tells Sarah, if you want to talk, just like, let me know. I'm here for you. So clearly they have an existing relationship that we don't know about. Right. Uh, And at this point, Gavin decides... He's out.
2: Ah, oh, such a nice decision. Yeah,
1: it's such a
0: wise decision. <laughs> Gavin is a terrible character throughout most of this movie, but he makes one good decision and this is it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that for the first time, I think, ever on this show, someone just decides to leave. Yeah. <laughs> at the right and time. And he makes it, and it out. And, it's and like-, like,
2: it's just never discussed again. He's just like, I guess yeah. Gavin's gone. Yeah.
1: Yep. So we cut to day 47 in the hospital. Uh, they're about to meet up with Sarah to grab food. Uh, and we get shots of security cameras of Deborah wandering the hallway. Yeah. And Deborah's not in her room. We find out that Deborah took a little girl.
0: Yeah, and we actually like sort of meet those parents on some level in the hallway like right. like discussing like where's my daughter? What's going on? What the fuck is happening? You know. Right. While everyone's looking for Deb as well.
1: Right. Uh, they follow them to the abandoned wing and through the kitchen, and it's a lot of like dark flashlights. Yeah, yeah. dude,
0: when he trips and like yells, that scared the shit out of me. Even though oh, nothing so really scary. happens, it's just like a la- loud bang and a yell. Oh, it scared me so much.
1: It's super scary, and then
0: it's super creepy too because it continues, and it's like you only have the one flashlight that's on the camera, right? Yeah, and then it reveals Deb and the girl. And then I was expecting a jump scare and it doesn't really happen. Like they walk up to her. They take the girl and lead her away. And then that really creepy shot of the camera going back around the corner and Deb just like looking at them smiling like very awkwardly. Oh, it's so scary. Yeah.
1: So scary. Deborah ends up we cut to her basically turning and she screams and babbles in like a demon voice and they restrain. her. Yeah,
0: because she's now like on the bed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We see that her skin infection has spread to her face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah.
2: She's almost ready to be taken out of the oven.
1: (laughs) You got to put the pineapples on her eyes to pay the ferryman. (laughs) 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 To cross the river,
0: garlic sticks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nailed it. (laughs) Yep.
0: I'm getting hungry. Me too.
1: I'm going to see if I can get my hands on a (laughs) DeJardines. We cut to Sarah talking to a priest outside the hospital. And A plus for this priest because she's like, there's something going wrong. Yeah, She has a demon inside her. And he's like, hey, no. Yeah, she's at the (laughs) best
0: place for her. Yes. Exorcisms aren't really something we do because they're not real and or helpful.
1: Well, and he's like, she has Alzheimer's. You need to reconcile with yourself that she is going to struggle and this is part of it and maybe she should be in a facility and she's safe in the hospital right now. Yeah. We're not going to do an exorcism. Yeah keep your money and she's like well, don't you have like a mentor or someone i can call and he's like no i'm not gonna put you in touch with anyone who will do an exorcism yeah. And i was just like high fives! yeah
2: but then ironically it uh, does
1: turn out she is she have a yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks real bad in this documentary and you know his
2: diocese was like oh bad take oof oof my goof
1: we cut back to the hospital bed and deborah is like writhing and like hissing and it's just bad it is bad yeah. like she she essentially never normalizes after this point no i would say so in the meantime mia has contacted the guy from the documentary about the murders and they go to see him and he studies he's an anthropologist so he studies different cultures and a few of their rituals and rites yeah And he basically says that the most logical explanation is that your mom was alive when this was happening and she's become obsessed with him because of her condition. Right. Uh, And they're like, no, something else is going on. He's like, well. It's deeper than that. Yeah. He does say that there are other cultural traditions that believe that essentially when our minds are weak, we are more susceptible to entities. Yeah. So
0: like the young or the infirm, like old. Right. Those people are more susceptible.
2: Are MTV fans.
1: <laughs> yeah. He gives them a story about working with a mother who lost her son to typhoid and wouldn't bury him and basically kept the body. Yeah. And she started to take on his personality and become him. And the only way they broke the spell was when a witch doctor came and burned the boy's body. Now, hindsight 2020, they really have trouble burning DiGiorno's body, even though it says just to put it on the center of a (laughs) rack without any cookie dishes or Uh, anything. They just
0: didn't have a pizza stone properly there for them. Yeah. Yeah. I typically have no trouble burning a DiGiorno.
1: Well, yeah, you went to go take a bath for half an hour and left one in the the oven. (laughs) I'm sure
0: that has happened. Todd, you basic (laughs) bitch.
1: (laughs) But in this story, the witch doctor easily burns this boy's body and it breaks the spell. Yes. I started to wonder if this is playing by Horcrux rules because he's killed four. That it's not as easy to... Like, he has some measure of power... Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He cannot defeat. I sort of got that, sure.
2: too, yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's still able to, like, unhinge her jaw and stuff, and he's not completely dead. It's, it's
1: you know, I think it's right. great. Yeah. Yeah, she starts wearing a turban. He's on the back of her head. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, she is clearly the worst Defense Against a Dark Arts teacher we've ever had.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She can't even transform into a cat. Like, what does she do? <laughs> anyway... We cut to day 60 where Harris comes to visit her in the hospital and.
2: Yeah, the, he starts making
0: sweet love to her right there on the <laughs> hospital bed.
1: They clearly, I mean, they share like a hug. They clearly had a relationship. Yeah. I think.
0: So he tries to pull a million dollar baby and smother her with a pillow in the hospital, which. Yeah. Let's be honest. He should know about the cameras all over this room. He's just like, I'm going to go to jail forever for killing the love yeah. of my life or whoever Deb is to him.
1: I, I don't think he cares. I think he's doing it for her. Yeah, he might be right. And it's a mercy killing and, you know, whatever. Or maybe he
0: thinks the video will exonerate him because she said, kill me.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But he tries to smother her. She fights against him yeah. because people naturally do. Yeah.
0: Wait, Paige, how do you know that?
1: That that's a whole, it's a whole thing. thing.
0: With... Oh, okay, I'm just making sure Paige hasn't murdered people in the past.
1: No, I haven't murdered people, but I've watched a fuck ton of of true crime TV. That's fair. And they usually look for petechial hemorrhaging in the eyes. Ooh, Thank you. Okay. Uh, and struggling and claw marks.
0: I was really just like looking for like a. You
1: wanted me to say the words petechial hemorrhaging.
0: I can't finish unless you talk true crime at me, Paige.
1: <laughs> Any hoodle. So the room starts to shake, and the hospital TV shakes and flies off the stand, hitting Harris. Yeah. So they rush to the hospital to see if Harris is okay, and he's like, Deb, uh, heard DiGiorno on the switchboard. He's like,
2: video killed the radio star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's telling all this to Sarah, and this is when Sarah runs into that room like, I'm his daughter, I'm his daughter, that's my dad, let me talk to him, you know?
1: Yeah, and he tells her that she was going to be the fifth victim, DiGiorno's fifth victim. Yeah. He was going to deliver her some death. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so we find out that Deb killed DiGiorno with her spade, and that's why she's so tied to the spade. Yeah. that they essentially buried him alive in the backyard. So she wounded him and then they buried him alive and presumably he is dead. Or they're
2: using a metaphor where the spade dug the hole.
0: <laughs> no, she stabbed him in the neck. Oh, okay. They say that, yeah. I think that's yeah. why she was picking at her neck earlier. I think so too, uh. yeah.
1: Um. And we find out that he they buried him in the backyard under the statue, so yeah. like they know where it is. So Sarah and the crew run back to the house. They dig up the backyard uh, and they find the spade buried there. Yeah. Which means that she got there first or rather possessed by him, he got there first yes. to try and hide his body. Yes.
0: Important distinction. Yes.
1: And they basically search the whole house because Deb is very organized. She has a space for everything. There ha- He has to be somewhere and they look up and they see a stain above the chandelier. So they climb into another attic.
2: They're like, huh, where'd that stain come from? We've only been in this house for 45 days or 60 days.
1: It's water damage,
0: right? And they're like... It's
1: it's some sort of fluid damage, yes, yeah. okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and my favorite is when Luis just says, white people in their basements and fucking attics. <laughs> uh,
2: so they get up there, it
1: stinks up there, there's sticky stuff all over the attic, and they find like a burlap sack in the insulation. Yeah,
0: that smells terrible, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's trying asbestos as she can. Asbestos, but- <laughs> Mikey, she said asbestos as she can! I- Love that joke <laughs> so much. Holy shit. I can't
2: even laugh because I can't even comprehend how funny that
1: oh joke Oh, my is. God. I wrote that last night as I was very scared. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Oh, my
0: God. Once you said it, I was like, this is the best thing that <laughs> will ever happen to me I'm in like my life. I'm closing my
2: eyes and just letting it wash over me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, if you're out there and not driving, you should be doing the same thing Mikey is right now. Just like sitting back and basking. Just let it wash over you.
1: So... They say it's definitely a body, but it's it's too small to be a body, so I would imagine it's body parts.
2: I thought it was just like bones.
1: Here's what I think. It's a wet soil. Yes. And that's what's causing the water sure. stain. Um, he would be decomposed by this point, unless by some weird magic he's alive, which we do find out that he is able to kind of transmogrify or whatever. Yeah. The bag ends up being just full of snakes, but I do think it was bones. Okay. I think she dug up bones. Okay. Fair enough. So they agree they're going to try and burn it in the fireplace in the house. I'm like, guys, go out to the yard. Like, burn it outside. Bonfire this shit. I don't know why you're trying to do this in a home fireplace. Yeah, that is
0: not where you want to burn a body. Yeah. But you see, it's a pizza oven. (laughs) yeah it's a brick pizza oven page they they were doing it in the right place
1: it says that it should be ready in 17 to 19 (laughs) minutes or for a crispier crust 22 minutes (laughs) oh my god um but the bag is like growling they see that it's full of snakes they have they can't light it they finally get it lit, and an explosion blasts them back.
2: Yeah, that's that old packaging. They updated that so it's easier to cook the pizza.
1: She should have listened <laughs> to me when I said center rack. Yeah. Um, they run outside. They get a call from the hospital. Deborah's broken out. Yeah. They run back inside. They gather the remains out of the fireplace and take them with them. And we get a shot of Deborah's bed, and all of her sheets are bloody. And we see on video as she slips out of her restraints, and the way she does it is by peeling the skin off her hands. Oh, my
0: God, so gross.
1: And we find out that there's a security guard downstairs that's going into shock from snake venom. Yeah. So we get a security video that shows Deborah walking Kara out of the hospital and biting the security guard. Then we find out that a 2004 Toyota Corolla has been stolen from the lot. So Deborah clearly stole the car. Which is like
2: an oddly specific thing they threw in the documentary. I was like,
1: somebody has uh, a Corolla. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, that's, that's like the director's car or something. Right, like. right. Because I was like, why didn't they just say
2: a car was stolen? Like, you could have just like yeah. glossed over that.
1: But they know where she's going because they have to complete the ritual. They assume that's why she's taken care of. Right. And they also bring the bones with them. They bring the bones and they bring the sedative that the doctor gave them. Yes. And they bring the sheriff with them. Yes. And so they go up to... The mines. They catch them right as they're about to enter the mines, and they they try to take Kara away. uh And they they're basically like, don't make any sudden movements. uh But Kara just says, "He's a nice man. He's gonna wash me in the river." Ugh. And this is where we see that Deb's hands are literally skinless. Yeah, it's, it's oh yeah, it's gross. Yep, Deb is not great. Not doing well. And as she turns, she spits venom at people at one of the officers. Which seems to almost melt his face. Yeah, it burns off. him. Yeah, it's like an acid spit type jam. She's got like alien spit. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah I always prefer a woman who swallows. Oh,
1: my. my. Delicious DiGiorno pizza. <laughs> DiGiorno, <laughs> your pick for game night at home. <laughs> same. Same, Mikey. Same.
2: I didn't know what else other joke to make. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you don't know what um, to do, go blue.
1: Oh, they handle uh, the police officer with his face melting off they leave him with louise yes and then they take the camera because it has the flashlight and they follow a trail of bloody footprints because i would assume much like her hands deborah's feet also probably skinless yeah uh and they follow the footprints into the mines the sheriff says that she's gonna go first and asks them to wait outside so we get video through the windows we hear a gunshot yeah They run inside and they find the sheriff, Linda, very dead. Clearly shot, I would assume, by Deb. Oh, yeah. Sarah runs after her mom. Mia follows and it takes her a second to kind of catch up with her. Uh, You
2: know, because of the terrifyingly freezing fear that you're feeling right now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah, and also a maze, like a cave maze.
2: Yeah, because that demon is armed and dangerous.
1: Yeah. They hear Kara screaming. They chase after her, uh, and they have to crawl through, like, if you've ever watched the TV show Dark, where they have to, like, crawl through the time loop in the cave, it's like this tiny little tiny crawl space, but this one's full of snakes. And so they crawl through the snakes. This is where they turn the camera lights off and they go into night vision because they're going to try and sedate her and then burn the remains. Yeah, they're
0: going to try and sneak up on her. Yeah.
1: Right. And Deborah is like holding a snake and like, I get like prepping Kara somehow. Uh, They take out the syringe. They go up behind her and Deb somehow senses it, turns around, screams. It seems like she bites Mia, but maybe not, because Mia does survive, at yes, least for a little bit. Yeah. So they kind of reassess. Sarah now pulls out a gun, because I think Sarah's at the point of like, I need to save this little girl. Yeah. And my mom's had a good run, and that's what it's going to take. Also,
0: at this point, that's not her, that's not your mom anymore.
1: That's not your mom anymore. I mean, anymore. It, yeah. as
0: sad as that is, your mom is gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. That pizza is
2: ready to be thrown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's turned on you.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> they follow deeper into the caves. They come around a corner and they have the light on the camera and as they turn around a corner, we see Deborah has unhinged her jaw Holy and shit. is trying to swallow Kara whole like a snake. She's basically got her head in her mouth.
0: That is so insane. It's
2: so yeah. such a good effect. And it's so creepy. It is such a good shot.
1: It's so creepy. It's still in shadow. It's not overdone. Yeah. That's the thing, is like there's very little special effects in this movie. And this is the main place where they use it. And they use it in a dark place just lit by flashlight so you can't really see the seams. It's fucking terrifying. It and it looks it's real so good. It's so fucking yeah. scary. It's
0: so scary, yeah. And then, like, when she detaches or whatever you'd call that, you see her jaw, like, hanging as she's, like, screaming. Ah,
2: Yeah, that, oh. that is so creepy.
1: God! Yes. Uh, they shoot Deb, and they basically are trying to tell Deb to try and fight fight DiGiorno. it yeah fight
0: DiGiorno fight
1: it they end up sedating her you're on a diet Deb! fight it <laughs> no carbs no carbs! you don't have fight enough it. points for this they get Kara safely away and they burn the remains in the mines but they do explode just like the last time so I don't think they successfully burned them um I wonder if maybe they had to burn them two more times or if it was too late at that point
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about what happens with Kara.
1: Yeah, so Deb seems to be back to normal, but is covered in blood. Yeah. We get everyone back to the hospital, and then we cut to news footage that says that Deborah was medically unfit to stand trial because she rapidly deteriorated. Yeah. Like- Almost immediately, almost like something had like, I don't know, sucked her life force. Yeah. We then find out that Kara, on the other hand, is in full remission of her leukemia. And they have like a little interview with her and she ends up smirking at the camera in a very sinister way, which means that potentially the ritual was completed. Yeah. And And
0: that's that's the the movie. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about it, what do you guys think about the taking of Deborah Logan? It's so, oh, so
1: fucking scary. It's it's a it's fantastically done. It is. It's really well done. It's scary as shit. Yes, yeah, man. man.
0: This movie is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and that we've done in a long yeah. time. The guy who made this, hate him. He's the worst. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything about him. I hate that I had to watch this movie, but it is an amazing movie. Like this guy should definitely be able to work again off of this and forever. Oh, yeah. Because it's yeah. so good, but I hate everything about it.
2: I yep. agree with everything you say. I think it's really well made, really scary. I'm kind of surprised I missed this the first time it came out.
1: I did too. I feel like I didn't hear about it until this year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll talk about that some, because it really wasn't available until pretty recently, and it wasn't okay. in theaters in the U.S. at all, oh. ever. But we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little okay. bit of box office. Okay. But okay, so what do you guys think happened at the end? Let's talk about that for one second.
1: So I think because we've established that weakness of the mind can allow him to kind of take control over people and we know that Kara was very sick Yeah, and some of the drugs that they have her on may have impacted her ability to cognitively function at 100% while she was on her on her drug. Sure. She's
0: also a, a young girl and that typically is who we targeted before.
1: I think he took over Kara's body and he's going to use her body to try and kill another girl. Yeah.
0: Or I think he's like going to wait it out until he's a little bit older or until she, Kara, is a little bit older and then start playing it out again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know because I've never been a demon who's entered a woman's body.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Honestly, that's fair. All
1: right. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? Very few. All right. Well, here it is. With you, fun facts. Bana banana. Uh, this movie was never screened for critics. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's so mm-hmm. weird.
1: Um, there are a number of scenes in the movie where you may have caught it, you may not, but they actually layer over her face at the end of the movie. Basically, the face of the entity that is taking control of her. Yeah. One of them is at the piano. Yes. And then one of them is while she's being electrocuted as well. And those are literally all of the fun facts. Wow. I mean, yes. I'm not kidding. There's hardly anything. Huh. I couldn't even find a budget for this movie.
0: I, okay. So I found a quote unquote budget that we'll talk about actually right now. Let's just do uh, box office. We may as well, yeah. right? Okay. So uh, what do you guys think the budget? for this movie was and every time i'm saying budget i'm putting air quotes around it if you can hear that in the inflection in my voice because it is mm-hmm. just an estimated budget there has not been confirmation of this budget but what do you think that is okay. a million okay
1: yeah i would put this at about a million
0: so the estimated budget is 1.5 million dollars okay I yeah, you that. That sound, yeah that
1: sounds right yeah. yeah so
0: okay it did not get a domestic release it did get a sort of international release. What do you think it made in that international release? Can I just say this before you answer? It was a pretty yeah. small international release. Okay. 1 million. It was not in many theaters.
1: Yeah, then then maybe I'll go 1 or 2 million.
0: Okay. It was actually $407,000. Damn. Yeah, so
1: this was not <laughs> I I bet the streaming contract yeah. covered the cost of this movie. I'm
0: sure it more than covered the cost of this movie, and I think because they didn't really spend any money promoting it because it wasn't in theaters, that they didn't have a huge marketing budget for it, so I bet it
1: made... Plenty of money. They promoted it recently. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing like trailers like this year for
2: it. I'm surprised it wasn't released in theaters. Like, this is a really good movie. This movie would have
0: destroyed. And like, this
1: movie would have fucked me up in theaters, man. Oh my god. This is an 80
0: million to 100 million dollar box office theater movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This is a like Paranormal Activity level movie. Yes. Low budget that like breaks through and does amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't start seeing marketing for this movie until it was on Amazon and it was on Amazon streaming service and they started promoting it because it is such a great movie, which is so rare because once you buy the streaming rights for it, you sort of just throw it up and people watch it and then they create the buzz for it if it's good, you know, but they started promoting it, which I thought was interesting. But it is a great movie. There's just not a whole lot of information on it because it wasn't really in theaters, especially here. Yeah. And it really wasn't in many theaters in the, out of the U.S. either. So anyway, that's your box office. I really wish there was a site that tracked how much streaming services paid for this intellectual property stuff because I'd love to be able to like find that information too.
1: Yeah, well, and, and as you mentioned earlier, this is this is a good enough calling card to work for like the rest of your life yeah. off of it. And even though this didn't get a wide release the guy who directed this movie ends up directing uh, Insidious 3 and Insidious 4, which hasn't come out yet. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And uh, the next paranormal activity from what we watched. So three, I think it's four. So he's working steadily. Yeah. Okay. Off of an escape room. So he's, steadily working off oh of this good movie. okay
2: cool we'll do scary scale yeah let's do that scary scale yeah. mikey all right scary scale how scary we found the film uh at the time of watching it uh it's a scale of one to ten our one example is ghostbusters our 10 example is texas chainsaw massacre uh page
1: i i gotta give this a nine like if i'm being honest this is a solid nine for me it was almost a 10 the only thing <laughs> that saves it from being a 10 is that 15 minutes of like Maybe he's a snake person. The
0: 15-minute reprieve towards the end? The
1: 15-minute reprieve <laughs> yeah, towards absolutely. the end is the yeah. only reason it's not a 10 because I was texting Mikey at like between the like 30 minute and hour mark of this movie. And I just remember texting you at one point realizing that there was still an hour to go. And I just said, I don't think I can do another hour of this. Yeah. Well,
0: And also Mikey, Mikey responded with, oh, it gets 10 times worse. And then you were like, yeah. I definitely can't do it if it's 10 times worse.
1: It was bad. Yeah. This is a nine for me. So
2: nine for Paige.
0: This is a nine for me as well. It would definitely be a 10 if I watched this in the theater. Because I feel like.
1: Oh, I, in theaters, this is an 11. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. this is. Mostly for the Spinal Tap part.
0: <laughs> This is the same level for me as Hereditary of Scary, but I saw that in the theater.
1: Yeah, I would say I was less scared of Hereditary than I was of this movie. Okay, I
0: don't know, man. That naked man misdirection jump scare—I jumped out of my seat.
1: Where she like runs out of the corner? <laughs> yeah,
0: I jumped out of my seat and yelled "fuck" in the theater. No, I think I
2: think <laughs> you would I think you would have been I think this would have been worse for you in the theater.
0: Oh, I think you might have been. I think the reason it's not a ten for me is because I wasn't in the theater. It is that yeah. scary. It is so scary, and both of those movies are so well done. I just can't handle being scared, man. It's the worst. Anyway, Mikey, what are you gonna give it?
2: I'm gonna give it a seven because I was like super scared, Uh, but it would have been a nine or ten for me if it was spiders instead of snakes.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Like at the end, instead of like her like unhinging her jaw and trying to swallow little Kara, she's like spinning her up in a leggy web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arachnophobia (laughs) is famously Mikey's ten. The John Goodman vehicle arachnophobia. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that's the scary scale. Yeah. All right. So this week the listeners made us watch the taking of Deborah Logan. What are you guys making me watch next week? So we are doing scary de mayo <laughs> <laughs> instead of cinco de mayo <laughs> scary de mayo. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, okay.
1: Scary de mayo. Uh, I
0: thought for a second it was gonna be scary de Jorno, but I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: uh We love theming months. We think it's really really fun. Apparently. Um, And so for the month of May, it's all horror movies set or made in Mexico. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Okay. So I think we're starting with From Dusk Till Dawn. All right. Well, I don't... Is this Quentin Tarantino? I don't know anything about this movie.
1: So it is written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh,
0: They do team up a lot. I love Robert Rodriguez's stuff. Like he did uh, the Desperado series of uh, movies, right? Yeah. I have a lot of respect for him as a director.
1: Yeah. We think you needed a little bit of a reprieve after Scary April. Is it not as scary? (laughs) Is bonkers. Thank you so much. This month has been so
0: hard for me. Like every movie we watched was, except for Poughkeepsie tapes, Mikey, you made a bad call with the P tapes, but that's not on (laughs) you. That's on the other cut. But like aside from that one, these movies have been super scary.
2: Yeah.
1: They have been uh, from Dust Till Dawn is going to be a little more fun. Oh, last I night,
0: f- Paige and I wanted a less scary movie. Too. We were like,
1: mm, let's see something not as scary.
0: <laughs> yes. I want you guys picking movies immediately after we watch a super scary movie. <laughs> well, awesome. So, your homework for next week is to acquire some sort of zombie infection, I guess, and then go to a bar and watch From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> These are all like wild <laughs> conjectures about a movie I've never your, seen. Your
1: assignment I is to this. drink. Tequila off of Salma Hayek's feet. What? Oh, yeah. And watch
0: From From Dust Till Till Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read?
2: Oh, you know what? I just looked at that and then got distracted.
0: Well, while you're getting (laughs) undistracted, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review. Mikey, whose review are you going to do?
2: I'm going to do Into the Rush 7. Awesome. What does Into
0: the Rush 7 say?
2: An escape from reality.
0: Oh, I, I guess that's good.
2: If you want a serious horror podcast, this might not be your glass of tea.
0: (laughs) Hardcore true. And like, listen, that is the best compliment we can be given. (laughs) Like, there are plenty. Everyone does a serious horror movie podcast. If you want a comedic podcast about horror movies, we are your home. But if you want to laugh,
2: maybe cry.
0: But Aww. definitely meet
2: three amazing hosts and an amazing <laughs> horror family. Give That's it a so chance. kind.
0: Thank you so much.
2: As someone who is the complete opposite of our dear horror virgin.
0: They're a horror whore.
2: Oh, boy. This podcast <laughs> has brought back memories of the first time I saw most of the movies discussed each episode and a new appreciation of each of them, good or bad. Nice. Even more important, it has been an escape from the past year, and as someone who works at a grocery store in Texas, oh. you can imagine that I need one.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that's true.
2: Yes, it gets a tiny bit off track from time to time, but the laughs are more than welcome and we all need moments like that. Thank you all for the fun, but please don't Highlander anyone. I love all three of
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that Mikey revealed that he's a one lasagna person, I'm not going to make any promises. (laughs) How's Mondo
0: at Highlandering? Well, Mondo
1: is also a one lasagna person, so I think this debate might rage forward into the recording we have right after this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, text Mondo, tell him to get on.
2: P.S. Oh, sorry, I will finish this review
1: Sorry, 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 sorry
2: Can we get an updated Scream episode? It was a long time ago And I'd love to hear Paige and Mikey discuss it with Todd The end,
0: five stars I'm not against doing some updates with the new hosts. Like, I have no problem with that
1: We get requests for a hereditary update all the time
0: I would like to release them as like regular In the feed episodes, but like on an off day Right, so it's not your regular Monday Mm. episode But like a very special Other episode But they take so long to produce. That would be very, very hard. (laughs) Like I would have to not be employed at my other two jobs. Agreed. All right. So awesome. Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We really appreciate it. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, you know what you got to do. Nail it. Rhyming all the timing. All right. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group. Uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash todd awesome where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash guys, Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me.
1: Extra random plug here, uh, aside from the normal ones. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you probably know that I am working on a comic book. Yeah. Uh, a, sh- a short comic uh, for <laughs> Mutiny Magazine's flagship issues, basically their first issue. Uh, you can check out all the information about it on Kickstarter uh, for Mutiny Magazine. It's a comic magazine so it's all about comics todd mcfarland is drawing one of the first covers it's super amazing they're already almost fully funded but they've got amazing stretch goals so if you're interested in it highly recommend that you check it out
0: where can they go check it out page
1: i'll post the link on social media so people can check it out perfect
0: perfect guys follow rampage wesley like we said earlier but also check out this stuff it's really 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 cool and congratulations on that page
1: thank you i'm super excited you
0: should be And, guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Nick Nick B. Yeah.
2: Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah?
0: He
1: likes the Stuff crust, DiGiorno. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. For, for a homemade, you know, or a, a frozen pizza, it's not bad yeah. at all. It's
0: actually pronounced Dehargen. No, Dehargen.
1: Exactly mm. like that. <laughs> but he
0: does not like the crispy
2: crust. He only does the 19 minutes.
0: Okay. You got it. Like, listen, everyone has their own sort of Dehargen, uh, like, method, right? And everyone, just stick to your own method. Whatever works for you, do that. So I'm glad you enjoy it. This episode also brought to you by Ori. Uh, And Ori is great uh, because we were searching in a cave system for uh, a a girl who was lost. She might have been taken by an older lady. We don't know. We're trying to find her. But but as we were going through the cave, I had the light on the uh, front of the camera on. And Ori was like, turn the light off. You have night vision on that camera. You idiot. You're going to alert them to our presence. So we did turn that off and we were able to sneak around the cave. But yeah. So, Ori, thank you so much for that awesome, awesome suggestion, or whatever. This episode brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you want have any spider, scorpion, millipede, centipede, or any other apede that you might need for any practical or pranking purposes, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook. This episode is also brought to you by the letter Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out... <laughs> Paige, stop
1: laughing. And Jeff it wants- makes me laugh every time. Is that his name or do you just say the letter Jeff? I just say
0: the letter Jeff. Yeah, his name's just Jeff. I think it's funny.
1: Uh, so, And Jeff
0: wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they watch a new episode of Jessica Jones, the Netflix Marvel TV show, and break it down episode by episode. So check it out. It's called Kissing Jessica Jones. Personally, I think I'm crushing it.
1: Okay. I think so too. Yeah. And now on to what's your barkeep shaking at you dick <laughs> yeah. in the garden? <laughs> Digging all the holes, digging up the Uh Uh-huh.
0: Because this episode is, as Paige is mentioning, brought to you by Taco Cat. And Taco Cat has a podcast that we've affectionately nicknamed What's Your Bar Keep Shaking at Your Dick Wise. But it's actually called...
1: What's new, Barkeep? Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. I do. I want to clarify. The reason we have nicknamed it is because we had a number of recordings where Todd could not get the name right. <laughs> so it's us making fun of Todd, unable to remember a three-word, what's new, Barkeep? Very effective, good <laughs> a great, title. A great title. Yeah, it I, is. I felt
2: like a producer, because I'd be like, all right, so now you're going to do the shout out for Taco Cat and what's new, Barkeep? he'd be like, what's up, people? And I'm like, nope, we're gonna do what's up, barkeep.
1: And and one of them was, what's your barkeep shaking at your dick wise? Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, internally, I that just...
0: one stuck. And they get progressively weirder. Yeah. So anyway, check out <laughs> yeah, that yeah, awesome yeah. podcast. What's uh, fuck? Check out that awesome <laughs> podcast. What's new, barkeep? For each week, they make a new drink and discuss. Topical issues, right, Mikey? Yeah, like...
1: The fact that Todd can't do simple ad reads.
0: <laughs> um, now we need a possum fact. Oh, shit. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom, and Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts, so here's one for you. Possums are notorious for their ability to do cold ad reads on podcasts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid.
1: <laughs> <it> so
2: <laughs> we make jokes for one person on this podcast. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: it's just me. It's just <laughs> uh, also, they know it's two lasagnas.
0: Yes, they do. Mm. Houston, we have a possum. All right, so we now return you to a possumless episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. I can't put possums in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No that's Mikey. Let's get into it. Let's do it.
2: Okay. Welcome to the moon. Where... Oh, my God. He said it right. The moon. Nope. Welcome. (laughs) Sasha has turned on everyone. Yes. And her... With Eddie. ...lover. Yeah. So Eddie's pythons and the snake helmets have captured a lot of people. And uh, Sasha was like, no one expects the behavior analyst. Inquisition. (laughs) Yeah. So... Well, Dave wanders back in, and and he's like, what is happening? And, and he's like, oh, hey, hey, Sasha, hey, Eddie, what's up? And then... Oh, because he doesn't know what happened. Right. Eddie unhinges his jaw oh! and eats Dave right there. Wow. Okay. But Eddie's not a big guy, so he's got another guy in him. <laughs> so wow. Just on, he just likes on the floor to digest him. He's out. He's out. He's just... He's too full.
0: And he's like, Sasha, I gotta take a nap. I gotta I gotta yeah, digest gotta go this. Yeah. But my <laughs> pythons are listening to you or whatever. <laughs> but my python is at your service,
1: ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotta wear a helmet.
0: Exactly. Um, Safety. Always helmet up your python, fellas.
2: <laughs> Isaac starts eating through the snake that's killing him or whatever, and he breaks free, but more snakes come at him. And Amy, uh, uh, the astronaut. Amy, the astronaut. Um, she starts cutting uh, Scott loose as Isaac is fighting snakes. Nice. Uh, Scott's the thing or whatever. Right. And the good thing. But he's no way. He's not. He's not surrounded by snakes. He's surrounded by the other thing.
0: Yes. Because the shoulders and wang of uh, oh, Kurt of, Russell
2: of Kurt Russell's on there. Right. Is yeah. like
0: attacking him in thing form. Yes.
1: You can just yeah. have disembodied shoulders and wang. <laughs> Nobody is into
0: that. It's shoulders, wang, and a hat. That's how you uh, know it's Kurt
2: Russell. Yeah, and then uh, Sasha made the snakes take Evil Matthew over where the thing hit Evil Matthew with Kurt Russell's wang over and
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just got a bunch of mushroom-shaped bruises. Sasha's
2: <laughs> 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 so like... Y'all suck. This story's insane. This is why I'm doing this. And you don't need any more explanation. (laughs) Uh, Kate regains her psychic power and flies off. uh, And she goes and finds Karun and Domosaurus, who are on the other side of the moon, like tweaking their, they're like trying to build a new spaceship. And she's like, I need you guys to help rescue my friends. They're being attacked by our other friends. And they're like, this is just drama. We don't want to be involved. But then Kate's like, I'll make it worth your while. We have, what do you need? No, not like that, Todd. We
1: we have abs and legs and uh, arms yeah. to complete <laughs> your torso wang scenario. <laughs> we got what you need. But you, but say, you say it's, it's just, just a thing.
0: A <laughs> but you say <laughs> it's just a thing. Okay, you, you.
2: Karun and Domosaurus are having some money problems, so Kate promises them a bunch of gold <laughs> if they come into us the fence, so they agree. So back in the other place, uh, Tristam has electrocuted one python and turned it into a cybernetic python to fight the other pythons. Wow.
0: Okay. Um, So he has converted a python into a robo-python, and now it is on the side of Tristam. Kurt Russell's shoulders
2: come off the thing and crush him.
0: (laughs) Well, that was quick. So they're still done.
1: Uh, Kurt Russell's disembodied shoulders have (laughs) murdered a person. (laughs) They haven't murdered
0: a person. They've murdered Cyberthon, which I had already named. I am emotionally (laughs) attached to and I'm sad now. Thank you, Mikey. (laughs) You're
2: welcome. And uh, that's the end of the episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is Eddie becoming more and more like the python he controls? Will Tristan be able to create another Cyberthron to help out with the fight? Is Sasa just taking out her frustration on how bonkers the Patreonical Stories is on our heroes? Find out next week on another episode of The The Patreonicals.
1: That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige.
0: I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror
1: virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Have a great week. Bye.
2: I just want pizza.
0: DiGiorno DiGiorno. Nerds. Holy shit, Paige. Did we just start that together? I wish you had kept going. I wish you had kept going. That was (laughs) amazing. No, it's all good. It's all good. Holy shit, that's amazing. All right.